0: You are listening to From Camp Lee to the Great War, the letters of Lester Scott and Charles Riggle. Who the heck is Cleo? That was a question from a listener who said he's heard every episode of From Camp Lee to the Great War, but still can't figure it out. If you've also been listening, but not necessarily reading all of the accompanying blog posts on archivingwheeling.org, you might have the same question. Who the heck is Cleo? Well, the short answer is that Cleo Hewitt is Wagoner Lester Scott's girlfriend back in Wheeling. We don't know a great deal about her, but to remove some of the mystery, we've created this special edition of From Camp Lee to the Great War. Let's just call it the Cleo episode. After listening, and taking a look at the photos on archivingwheeling.org, you will know as much as we do about the mysterious Cleo. As you know, we published the letters of U.S. Army Privates Lester Scott and his brother-in-law, Charles Dutch Riggle, 100 years to the day after each was penned by our soldiers and mailed from Camp Lee, Virginia, back to family in Wheeling. We've chosen to publish the Cleo episode today. The reason is, on May 23, 1918, Lester Scott wrote to his sister Minnie Riggle, Please write and tell Cleo goodbye for me. Les knew he was leaving for France, and for reasons that will become apparent, Les wasn't sure Cleo wanted to hear from him, but since his sister was Cleo's good friend, he asked her to convey his goodbye message. To better understand this complex little love story, let's first hear from Cleo in an undated letter to her darling Les. My own
1: darling Les, how can you doubt my love for you? It grows stronger and stronger each day. I think of you by day and dream of you by night. If I thought you loved me as I loved you, it would not only cheer my lonely pathway, but would help me so much to do a great many good things in this world. You have my promise to love you, and I always will. Good health and best wishes. Your own Dutch.
0: After that, we have identified two letters from Cleo to Minnie. They prove that Les was indeed sweet on Cleo, his sister's friend.
1: Tridelphia, West Virginia, October 8, 1917. Dear friend, I haven't time to write as much as it is nearly mail time, but I have seen pictures they took down at the YMCA when they were eating dinner the last less left and they were just great. You can see them at Klein's. I've tried to get one for you and myself but failed. If you want to go to Wheeling the last of this week, I will go too. Write and let me know right away and I will be as ready as you come past. Answer soon, your friend, Cleo.
0: You can actually go to the blog and see one of the photos Cleo is referring to. A month after he left for Camp Lee, it's clear that Cleo was missing her less.
1: Tridelphia, West Virginia, November 1917. Dear friend Minnie, How you was? I'm okay. Hope you are the same. I came home at shortly after dark. I got a stick to a dance that night, but didn't go. Earl Shook even came after me, and I was in bed. The dance was at Kent's. I started to school this morning, but I don't like it very well. Too lonesome. Say, we are going to have a box social here two weeks from next Friday night. You and Jim be sure to come. Tell everyone you see. Be sure and tell Bob Milligan. Get him to bring you, Ha <laughs> ha. Don Folks told me a lot of stuff about Les, and I asked him about some of it, and I haven't heard from him since I suppose I made him mad. I had a fine visit at Moundsville. I want to go to Wheelin' this week and get another pair of shoes. Minnie, I don't know whether I can get that yoke made for you again, Christmas or not. I do wonder if Les will get to come back home for Christmas. I guess Wilbert Darrow does go with Mabel Salter. I wouldn't let him go with a dog of mine. I had my pictures take while in Moundsville, but they were not no good. How is Cinder? Tell her hello. Well, it's afternoon, and I will try and write some more. I was down at Moss's at noon, but Gertrude can't go to Wheeling this week, so I suppose I will walk in anyway. (laughs) Ha ha. Sorry you couldn't get a picture. Maybe I will give you mine. Beulah McCormick said Vincent got a letter from him the other day. I got your letter Sunday morning. Maggie Hall came up to see me, and she brought it up Saturday night. As I came through the grove, I just thought, sure, I saw Les's horse and buggy, but I suppose it wasn't. I could just kill Bert Cladwell for getting that place at Craycraft's, the little fool. Well, this is all, so answer soon. Be sure and come to the box social. Goodbye, as ever, Cleo. Have a lot to tell you if I ever see you, (laughs) ha ha.
0: As she indicates, Cleo and Les have a falling out for some reason. In a letter dated a couple of months later, February 1st, 1918, Les writes, I received a letter from Cleo too. She says she isn't going back over to number two anymore. She also says hers and my picture hangs on the wall no more. I wonder if anybody cares. She told me you're going to church too. She says you did something to her before she left, wouldn't say what it was. She says if it wouldn't get mad, she wouldn't do it anymore. Maybe I'm not going to tell her a few. I knew you and her would have trouble. You don't need to think I care in the least. Ten days later, on February 11th, 1918, Les reveals the severity of the problem. Cleo is trying to apologize now, but that don't go with me. I would like for you to see the letters she wrote. They remind me of the notes the Kaiser used to use to the President. I may write to her once more. Comparing your girlfriend's letters to the Kaiser's letters while your country is at war with the Kaiser's country is serious business. No doubt. Then on February 24, 1918, Les writes, I haven't heard from Cleo lately. And on March 1st, 1918, I haven't heard from Cleo anymore. Did you ever hear what was the matter with her? I don't care if she doesn't write to me. And a month and a half later, on April 16th, 1918, I never hear from Cleo anymore. Wonder where she is. And as we've heard in episode 48 of our podcast series, one month later, on May 10th, 1918, Les' father, Christopher Columbus Scott, said of Cleo, I was talking to Cleo Hewitt, and she says she is afraid she is left on you now. She looks as fat and ragged as ever. I think she is getting ring-boned. Which prompted Les to write two days later to his sister Minnie, If you know what he meant about Cleo, he has me guessing. And a few days later, on May 18th, Les inquires poignantly of his sister, what has become of Cleo? So, what has become of Cleo? And what will become of Les after he shipped to France to fight for the American expeditionary force against the German Empire? Stay tuned. From Camp Lee to the Great War, the letters of Lester Scott and Charles Riggle is brought to you by archivingwheeling.org in partnership with the Ohio County Public Library and the Walls Foundation. Jeremy Richter is the voice of Lester Scott. The letters of Lester Scott and Charles Riggle were transcribed by John Eric Jellow. This podcast was edited and written by Sean Duffy, audio edited by Aaron Rothenbuehler, with music courtesy the Library of Congress. Many thanks to Marjorie Ritchie for sharing family letters and the stories of her uncles, World War I soldiers from West Virginia. Thank you for listening to From Camp Lee to the Great War, The Letters of Lester Scott and Charles Riggle.